Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm I'm teaching you, I'm sharing with you, I'm I'm inviting you into today's word for January, what is this, 13th, 2023. So this is a Friday. I love closing out the week strong, heading into the weekend strong. I've been teaching a series on the miracles of Jesus. And as I teach these miracles in this season of refreshing and renewing for us and restoring, and, and, and we're going to be revived and regenerated to this former glory, the things that you lost along the way, I know that 2022 was difficult. Matter of fact, since the pandemic started, I know that this has been a, a difficult couple of years, two or three years for some people. But in this season, God is going to restore you. God is going to renew you. God is going to refresh you. God is going to revive you. And as I'm teaching on the miracles, which God told me to teach on New Year's Eve, he says, start January with the miracles. I want you to get excited. I'm going to elevate. I want I want to teach you about a God who can do all things. I want to teach you about a God who can do anything. There's nothing impossible for God. So we've been looking at the miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000. We've already looked at it for two days, and this is our third day. As we get into this miracle, I want you to open up your heart and get ready to receive. All right, so I hope that you've been learning from the miracle of Jesus, uh, I, especially the miracle of the 5,000. Feeding the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves, and we learned that it was just 5,000 men, not counting the women and children, so it could have been 10, 15,000 people. All of that happened with two fish and five loaves. That teaches us a lot of things about God. We've been studying it for a couple of days. We're going to go back to it again today. Before we get into the, the scripture or the, the miracles, I told you that at our church, we're looking at Psalms 126 and verse four from the Passion Translation, and I'm going to share it with you probably most of the year, and I'm going to keep driving this home because I want you to get this down in your spirit. The Bible says in Psalms 126 and verse four, now, Lord, do it again. Put that in the chat. Say, Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glory. I'm telling you that God is going to, whatever you lost along the way, whatever these last couple of years stripped, maybe if you lost a little bit of the spring in your step or the smile in your face or the song in your heart or the praise on your lips in this season, you're going to get it back. Say, I'll get it back. Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us. Watch this. I love it. Until dry hearts are drenched again. Every dry area, whatever was dry in your life is going to be drenched again in this season. God is going to do it again. Say amen to that. All right, so let's get into the scripture, into the miracle. John chapter six, this is found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus feeding the 5,000, but we're looking at John. John chapter six, verses one through 14, the Bible says, sometime after this, Jesus crossed over the seashore. Uh, this is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he had performed by healing the sick. So they came because of healing the sick. And then more people came because of the fishes and loaves. Verse three, then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. Now the Jewish Passover festival was near. Verse five, when Jesus looked up and saw a great cloud, crowd coming to him, he said to Philip, hey, Philip, come here. Yes, Lord, where shall we buy food for all these people to eat? Now, the Bible says he asked this, but he already knew what he was gonna do. He asked this to test Philip. Philip answered, and I told you, he did the math. He said, well, let me, I'm calculating, crunching the numbers. Well, Lord, half a year's wages would barely be enough for everybody to get one bite. And I told you that we don't, God wants us to think like he thinks. He doesn't think one bite. He was like, why would you, if, if, 
it takes the same level of effort for you do the to do the math to for you to calculate how much it costs to do one bite than for you to calculate how much it costs for everybody to get full. We got to learn how to think like God in 2023. Stop. God, God doesn't have a scarcity mindset. God doesn't have a lack mindset. God doesn't have a poverty spirit. So anyway, uh, the Bible keeps going. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother says, well, here's a little boy with two fish and five loaves. But then again, how much is, I mean, what are we going to do with that? With so many, Jesus said, well, have the people to sit down. There was plenty of grass in the place. So they sat down. He told them to get organized. They sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. And then Jesus took the loaves. He gave thanks. He distributed it to those that were seated as much as they wanted. Uh, other other um, accounts of this say that basically he gave it to the disciples and they distributed it. And he did the same with the fish. And when they all had enough to eat, uh, all had, I mean, all ate to the full, to overflow. He said, well, gather all the pieces that are left over. I want nothing to be wasted. Say nothing wasted. I'm going to deal with that today. Verse 13. So they gathered and filled up 12 baskets. There was 12 baskets of food left over after everybody had eaten as much as they wanted. And when the people saw the signs, they began to say, surely this man is a man of God. Like, I mean, like why? Because they were drawn by the miracles. They were drawn by the fishes and the loaves. I'll talk about that today. So what does this mean to you on this Friday morning? Now it's Friday morning, y'all. What does this mean? As I get into this, as I get into this miracle and I start giving you some points, this is where I need you to focus. Rid your heart of all distractions. Lock in. I have four things for you this Friday morning. Number one, here we go. You ready? All right, here we go. Number one, God will multiply whatever you put in his hands. Put that in the chat. God will multiply whatever I put in his hands. So, so it matters whose hands it's in. When something is in my hands, I can do some things with it. But then when I put it in God's hands and God is going to do some things with it, God will multiply whatever I put in his hands. We used to sing a song in church. We don't sing it today, but we used to sing a song when it was time to give. You can't beat God's giving, no matter how hard you try. The more you give, the more he keep, gives to you. So just keep on giving. Ever so, so God, he will multiply whatever you put in his hands. Yesterday, I taught you that there's a seed for every need. Put that in the chat. There's a seed for every need. God, God sometimes what you have in your hands is not enough for the harvest, but maybe is enough for a seed. There's a seed for every need. If you have a need, let me say it this way. If you have a need and what you have uh, is not enough. What the resources that you have access to right now are not enough uh, to meet the needs of your current situation, then you really need to spend some time with God praying like, Lord, is this, is what I have in my hands a harvest or is it a seed? I taught you yesterday that God ministers seed for sowing and bread for eating. So whatever he places in our hands, a portion of that is supposed to be bread for eating. Me and my family, we enjoy it. We, you know, we, we live our lives with it. But a portion of it is supposed to be seed for sowing so that we would have continual harvest. And I told you not to eat your seed. God will multiply whatever he puts in your hands. So if in his hands, so if you what you have in your hands is not enough, you got to pray about it. Lord, how much of this is a seed? Anything you give up for God, let me say this. And it doesn't have to just be money. Anything you give up for God. Let's say that uh uh actually I'm gonna use a uh I'm going to use something that people may not consider to be a seed. There's somebody that's watching right now who had retired. Uh, uh, I'll use this example. This person retired uh, from the government. God used this person in a mighty way, and she retired from the government. And now she's like ready to, ooh, glory to God, ready to, to just enjoy life. Not that she wasn't enjoying life before, but I'm saying enjoying retired life. And then the Lord opened up an opportunity, a door of opportunity, and says, hey, I want you to go do this thing. And now she's back working again because the Lord wants to use her in that particular capacity. 
Now, let me say this. She gave up something. She gave up what she wanted for what God wants. And I'm telling you that whatever you give up, and I could use this in lots of areas, whatever you give up for God becomes a seed. And when you place that seed in his hands, he will multiply whatever you place in his hands. God will never be in debt to you. Whatever you give up for God, God is going to multiply it. God is going to bless it. God is going to increase you. God is going to advance you. God is going to promote you. God is going to use you. I'm telling you, whatever you put that, say that out loud. Whatever I give up for God is a seed. Whatever you give up for God is a seed. And he is the Lord of the harvest. He will, he will ensure that you, that you reap a harvest on every seed sown. God is a God of increase. I want you to know that. God is a God of increase and advancement and promotion and acceleration. God is a God of favor. I want you to know that. I want you, I want you to know that God, listen, in this season, 2023, let me use the parable of the talents as an example. That's, I'm not teaching on that today, but I'm going to just slide this in. God is a, the, a God of increase and advancement. In the parable of the talents, talents in biblical times, the talent was a sum of money. So he gave one man one talent, gave another man two talents, and another man five talents. And the one who got five doubled the money. The one who got two doubled the money. The one who got one didn't do anything with it. He buried it. And when the Lord came back and said, what you guys do with the money? The guy who had five, he said, hey, I doubled it. Now here's 10. Here you go. And he said, well done, that good and faithful servant. Hey, the guy who had two doubled the money. He said, here's four. Well done, that good and faithful servant. The guy who had one said, well, I know you wanted, you was expecting me to do something with this, but I didn't do anything. Now, I didn't lose it, right? But I didn't multiply it. This is what I have. And that servant was called wicked. That servant was called wicked. Why? Because God is a God. His nature, the Bible contains the character, the attributes, and the nature of God. The Bible contains... Who, how God operates. So he's trying to teach us how he operates. He's a God of multiplication. He's a God of increase. He's a God of advancement and promotion and acceleration of increased responsibility. God is always trying to promote you and advance you and, and increase you. Why? So that you can have greater impact on, in this world, on this planet. And so God wants, he multiplies whatever you put in his hands. And so when God puts something in your hands, he wants you to multiply it too. And so since he's a God of increase and promotion and advancement, God wants you to use whatever he puts in your hands. God wants you to be a good steward. The more you give to God, the more God will give to you. And the more you give to God, the more God will give to you. And you're continually showing God that you are being a good steward with what he placed in your hands. So what, what you have, look, look at what you have. If it's not enough to be the harvest, maybe it's enough to be the seed. God is a God of provision and overflow, and he will multiply whatever you place in his hands. Say amen to that. All right. Number two, while God is a God of overflow and abundance, uh, I love this point. God is not wasteful. Say God is not wasteful. Put that in the chat. God, our God wants us to be a good steward. Say I'm a good steward. God wants us to be a good steward over everything that he places in our hands. Jesus told the disciples, to gather up all the leftovers. Now, that could have just been omitted, but no, that wasn't omitted. It was documented in the word of God so that we can get that point. God is a God that doesn't want us to be wasteful. He says, gather up everything, and there were 12 baskets of food left over. Now, I already told you that I believe the 12 baskets of food went to the little boy because he was the only one who sowed the seed, but regardless of where they went, Jesus didn't want it, the food to be wasted. And so he said, everybody eat as much as you want. He's a God of overflow. He's a God of abundance but he's also a God that expects us to be good stewards. God will give you overflow, but God doesn't want you to waste it. God, give, God will give you overflow, but God doesn't want you to be irresponsible or, 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 or to devalue what he places in your hands. In this season, 
I want you to take some time to consider what God has given you. Now, a lot of us, we're not where we used to be. Thank you, Jesus, right? But, but really consider, what are we doing? Talk to your spouse. Hey, babe, what are we doing with what God has placed in our hands? And are we being good stewards? Are we seeking to fund his projects around the world? Are we honoring him with the portion? Are, are we sowing? Yet there's, there's bread for eating, but there's also seed for sowing. Are we sowing the way that we're supposed to be sowing? Are we giving? And are we being wasteful? Like, let's be honest. You got to think about sometimes where you may be being wasteful. While God is not pinching pennies and God doesn't have a, a, a poverty spirit or a poverty mentality, God also doesn't want you to be wasteful. If you are wasteful, you are devaluing what God placed in your hands. Now, what you want to do is honor what God placed in your hands because he will honor whatever you place in his hands. So just like you want God to honor what you place in his hands, he wants you to honor what he places in your hands. Say that. Say, from now on, I will honor everything God places in my hands. Say amen to that. All right? Number three, God goes out of his way to teach us his ways because he wants us involved in what he's doing in this world. Ooh, I like this point. When I got to this point this morning, I got I have a whole lot to teach you on this point, but this is a really good point. The, the reason why, now, God could just, the Bible could have been a lot thinner. If God didn't want to give us the details, the Bible could have been a lot thinner. The Bible could have been like, hey, there's a God and worship him, right? The reason why God gives us all these details is because he actually wants us to be like him. He actually wants us to live like him. He, he actually wants us to represent him in this world. He wants us to operate like he operates in this world. He wants us to, to represent or represent him on this planet. So God will go out of his way, while the Bible says that God's ways are above our ways, his thoughts are above our thoughts, God will go out of his way to teach us his ways because he wants us to operate like him in this world. So the Bible contains the character, the attributes, the nature, and the ways of God. I've taught you that many times. And now, here's what God did. Although his ways are above our ways, his thoughts are above our thoughts, he gave us his word and he gave us his spirit. Say that. Say, say, God gave me his word and God gave me his spirit. So the fact that God gave me his word, which contains his character, attributes, nature, ways, and then he gave me his spirit, which is the author of the book. Now I have the book and I have the author of the book. And so the author of the book will help me to read the book and get revelation and insight that I could not get any other way. So I'm, I'm learning God's ways. I'm learning how God thinks. I'm learning how God operates. I'm learning that God is a God of abundance. I'm learning that God is a God that doesn't want me to be wasteful. I'm learning that God is a God that cares about our needs. I'm learning that God is a God who will perform miracles, right? So I'm learning his ways. And while I'm learning his ways, and then I have his spirit, and his spirit is giving me insight, wisdom, revelation, knowledge, and understanding, and his spirit is giving me the access to God's grace for power for, for me to do things I could never do without God. So now I have the spirit and I have the word. I have the instruction and I have the power. I have the power and I have the authority. And so now, woo, glory to God, I have all of this. And so now the Bible says that as Jesus is, so am I in this world. The reason why Jesus went out of his way to teach his disciples stuff and, and, the, and the Bible teaches us so many things about God is because God wants us to live like him in this world. Say amen to that. So let me explain this point. Jesus was always in teaching mode. He wanted his disciples to learn what he was doing so that they could do what he was doing. And matter of fact, you saw in the text, he even told them, you guys feed them. Hey, Lord, there's a crowd here. They're hungry. Shall we send them away? He said, no, you give them something to eat. And we, we got to get to the point where we see ourselves like God is like, no, you go do it, son. 
You have the grace to do it. I'm empowering you to do it. I'm deputizing you to do it. If they were not supposed to operate like Jesus on this planet, then all the lessons that Jesus provided them would not be required. The reason why Jesus went out of his way to expose them to stuff and to teach them all of these lessons is because he wanted them to operate like him in this world. Jesus had the disciples to participate in the miracle. He gave them the fishes and the loaves. And as they were handing it out, what one man said, as, a, as they popped the head off, another head grew in their hands. And so as they were handing it out, it was they got to participate in the miracle. Say this, say, God wants me to participate in what he's doing. The reason why God will show you, remember when Jesus said, I only say, that's John 5 and 19, John 5 and 30. I only say those things I hear my father say. I only do those things I see my father do. The father reveals to me what he's doing in my area. And then he wants me to get involved in my area. His revelation is my invitation for participation. And so God is showing me what he's doing within my sphere of influence because he wants me involved. Why? He wants me to be, he wants me to participate. He wants me to participate in what he's doing in my sphere of influence because he wants me to get in on the blessing. And so he wants me to be like him in this world. God does this because God wants you involved. Say, God wants me involved. God wants me involved in whatever he's doing in my area right now. In Northern Virginia, Isabella and I go to the Dominican Republic. What God is doing in the Dominican Republic, what God is doing in La Vega, Dominican Republic, what God is doing in Northern Virginia, what God is doing in other areas, God will expose it to Isabella and I. And God says, I'm showing it to you. My revelation is, is my invitation for your participation. I'm showing it to you because I want you involved. If God didn't want you involved, he wouldn't give you all the details. He's giving you these details because he wants you to be involved. He got the disciples involved in the miracle and God will get you involved as well. And the more you you get involved, the more you learn his ways, the more you act like God, then watch this. My last point, I'm going to get to it, is God will use you to evangelize the world. Remember, at the end of the day, it's all about the evangelism of the world, right? God wants to impact this world. There is a God, there's a world out there, there's a God in heaven, and there's a world out there that he's trying to reach, and he's trying to reach those people through you. Say, say, Lord, use me. Like, like um, Isaiah said, Lord, here I am, send me. All right, so here's my fourth point, and it's about evangelism. God uses the manifestation of his power as a tool for evangelism. God uses the manifestation of his power as a tool for evangelism. I remember years ago, one of my friends from uh, that was with me in Iraq, I was his pastor in Iraq, he came to our church uh, at VCMI when we were in, uh, on Arizona Avenue. And uh, when he came to VCMI, I guess he was not accustomed to, the, to miracles or, or to supernatural power. And there was a, uh, uh, we had an altar call. People came to the altar and I went up to the altar to pray for this person, this lady. Uh, uh, and, and I went to go talk to her. And when I went to go pray for her, sometimes I just pray. Sometimes I'm led to ask. And so I, I, I asked, I went into her ear and I asked her like, you know, what do you want me to pray for? And she was like, oh no, no, I got to give you this ear. And I was like, what do you mean? She said, well, I can't, you were talking into this ear, but I had an accident 13 years ago and uh, it ruptured my eardrum and I can't hear out of this ear. And I said, oh, okay. Well, before I pray for anything else, let me pray for your ear. And she was like, okay. And so, so I prayed for her ear. And, you know, just simple prayer. I don't mean maybe like 10 seconds. I just laid hands on her. I prayed for her ear. And as I prayed for her ear, she heard something pop, boom, in her ear. And then all of a sudden, God gave her a new eardrum. And so, boom, she could hear. And so once she, she was like, oh my gosh, she started freaking out. She started crying. And then she gave, we gave her the mic and she gave the testimony. And now, you know, we, we covered the other ear and, and she could hear out of that ear and all of that. Anyway, so at our church, that's like, I'm not going to say like it happens every week, but we're, we're accustomed to that. 
Anyway, my friend came after the service. He was like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like that. I was like, for real? He was like, yeah, I've never, that was amazing. I've never, I was like, well, first of all, I didn't do anything. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's not me. <laughs> Let's be clear about that. It's not about us. It's all about him. All I did was lay hands on the sick, watch them recover. So all I did was become a conduit, uh, a human conduit of the divine. But God uses manifestations of his power for evangelism. When that happens, then boom, other people are drawn. God was able to use that to impact that lady's family. And so, so God uses these manifestations of his power to draw people to him. Remember, the people that we're trying to reach, they're not spiritual. So there were people that came to Jesus because of the fishes and the loaves. There, there were people that came to Jesus. They didn't come to Jesus because they loved them. They didn't come to Jesus because they wanted a move of God. No, they came for the fishes and the loaves. There were people that were there just to see stuff because they were nosy, and they came because they wanted to see the manifestation of fishes and loaves. And so people without the Spirit of God, remember, people without the Spirit of God are not spiritual. They, they're not, they don't have the Holy Ghost. They can't hear God's voice. And so what they want to see, when you say you're a Christian, they want to say, well, how is that, how is that God working for you? They, they want to see God. If they can't see God working for you, Right, they say you you're a man of faith. You're, but they want to see faith in your life, and they want to see it. And, and so, if your life is not producing anything, if your life is not if if your life is not worthy of emulation, if they can't see something in you that they don't have, then why would they come to you? And if all they see in you is problems, First Peter three fifteen says, "But sanctify the Lord God in your heart, and be ye ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason for the hope." that is in you with meekness and fear. I like to say that nobody's ever going to ask you a reason for the hope if they can't see the hope. If all they see in you is problems, you're always murmuring, complaining, backbiting, all of that. Nobody will come to your God because they know how to do that already. They know how to backbite and complain. But when they see something in you that they don't have, when they know that you're facing something that's terrible and you come to work every day with a spring in your step and a smile on your face, they're like, girl, how in the world can you do it? Then you get to tell them about Jesus. People need to see Jesus in you. The reason why Jesus was not opposed to fishes and loaves is because he was drawing people to God with it. Listen, God will manifest things in your life. God, let me speak to you as I close. 2023, God will use you. Listen, you have a business. 2023, God will increase your business advancement. You have a career, God will give you promotion increase. God will advance you. God will, God will elevate you. God will give you permission, a positions of, of greater influence. Why? Because he wants to use you to influence and impact the people of this world. Now, if you're not going to do it for you, and, and, I mean, if you're not going to do it for him, I'm sorry, and you get caught up in you, there's some people, here's the danger. There's some people that say, God bless me, bless me, bless me. And then when God blesses them, and blesses their business or gives them that promotion, they forget about God. And then their life becomes all about them. Well, there's a danger in that. I'm not going to teach on that today, but there's a danger in that. You don't ever want to get to the point where you get caught up in the blessing and you forget the bless or. Uh, no, 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 no. Say this. I say, say, I will never forget my God. You cannot get caught up in the blessing and then forget the bless or you have to remember that there's a God that you are here to magnify him. That is all about him. Ne whatever God gives you, God gives you all things richly to enjoy, but never get caught up in stuff. Never get never like in the country. They would say, uh, uh, never smell yourself, right? Never read your own press. Never get caught up in your own self. It's all about him. It's not about you. Without him, we can do nothing. And with him, we can do all things. Say amen to that. Man, we got a lot out of this uh, miracle of feeding the 5,000 with fishes and loaves. Uh, we're gonna, I'm, I'm done with this miracle. I'm going to start on Tuesday. Monday's a holiday on another miracle. And I pray that you're ready to receive. So let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. 
uh, um, I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say this. Say, Father, I thank you for your love and grace. I believe this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. As I study the miracles of Jesus, my faith is reignited and increased. You are a God of abundance and overflow. You can do amazing things with whatever I place in your hands. And because I honor and value you, and I value whatever you place in my hands, I will be prayerful and careful concerning whatever I place in your hands in this season. In 2023, I will sow, save, and spend in that order. I will increase my giving because you will increase me, me and my household, financially and in every area. And as we grow in this area, as you give us favor, promotion, advancement, acceleration, and increase, we will use this influence to draw people to you. The purpose of our prosperity is evangelism. We will glorify you, Father, in everything that we do. We will fund your projects around the world, and we will always be quick to deflect the glory right back to you. Our life is all about you. This is why I can boldly declare, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. Do, do me a favor. Put this in the chat. It's all about him. I say my life is all about him. Listen, if you're not getting my notes, you get my notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free when you put your email address right there. And then listen, I need you to do two things. Go into the chat. Leave me some comments in the chat. If this message was a blessing to you, I'd like to read those comments and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. It's Friday morning, y'all. So on Friday mornings, I love to close out the week, uh, head into the weekend strong. I'm excited about what God is doing in our lives. I'm excited about what God is doing in your life. I look forward to hearing some great testimonies this year of the goodness of God in your life. So have an amazing weekend. Remember, Monday's a holiday, so I'll see you on Tuesday morning. The best is yet to come for you. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, we have several books and products on rickpina.co. These are products designed to help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have apparel there that will help you represent the grace life. Thank you so much for being a blessing to us. And we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.